1: Hello and welcome back to the FPL Roundtable, the only fantasy Premier League podcast where we guarantee that you might learn something about fantasy, probably. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. Joining me, as always, is my good friend and partner in crime, Rob Langevin. Rob, it's been a minute. Unfortunately, I was losing my mind with deadline day stuff, so if anybody wants to be mad about us not doing a show last week, they can vent that at me, starting with you. Do you you need to vent at my face?
0: No, dude. Everybody's got responsibilities in life. I got responsibilities. I had a nice week off and just, you know, kicked back and wore the same, same pajamas for a whole week instead of changing on, on a fantasy roundtable day. <laughs> you change your clothes uh, to do an audio podcast? Oh, yeah. I, I got to look my best for the listeners at home.
1: Like three-piece suit? You should tweet out a, a photo.
0: No, tweet. It's all, it's all summer tweeds. I wear summer tweeds. <laughs> does, it, does it
1: have oh. the elbow patches?
0: Yep, 100%. I look like a, a creepy college professor
1: awesome that's that's what i was hoping for honestly um all right well again sorry to everybody at home obviously there was a lot of news over deadline day we'll get to in a second but in the interim rob wrote a very good piece on um relievers if anybody plays fantasy baseball go check that out over at rasball then come back to this and listen to us rock your world with fantasy premier league stats and knowledge um (laughs) the biggest uh move on deadline day it was obviously Yang to Arsenal. Because we didn't get to record last week, that we've already seen him play. He scored a goal, although he was offside, but we're not going to bring up the whole offside thing this week. <laughs> but it was a dominant performance from Arsenal. McTarrion gets a hat-trick of assists. Uh, Ramsey gets a hat-trick of goals, the way hat-tricks normally work. Um, and then obviously Yang gets on the score sheet as well. Uh, also, kind of secret boy for me, Awobi uh, gets an assist. I think that's a go- uh, two goals and an assist or one goal and two assists. Uh, since Alexis uh, stopped playing for them, curious oh. as to hearing your thoughts on what people should do with all of them, Arsenal boys.
0: Oh, the funny thing is, if you look at the uh, the transfer in and out of, of this week, the highest guys so far are uh, the top three guys are all Arsenal. Uh, you have uh, Ramsey at ninety thousand in, Mctareen at one hundred and eighty thousand in and Aubameyang at 140,000. And, of course, I'm rounding up, rounding down, whatever to the nearest round number. That sounds cool. Um, But the interesting thing is, for Arsenal, um, they have Spurs. Um, The North London Derby is this weekend. So, I mean, yeah, fantasy-wise, they do look like legitimate assets. But I'm going to bring this up to you, Kevin, because I'm going to ricochet this right back on you. Given that they have Spurs, and Week 28 is a potential blank week for them because of the Man City Wigan draw FA Cup game that is going to be played on the 19th of February and that is who Arsenal plays in week 28 so that game could be a blank so basically if you're bringing in Arsenal assets right now are you banking on them playing Spurs and getting a return and then hoping that Man City loses or loses to to Wigan to, to rely on Arsenal assets here because <laughs> it's potential that they could play Spurs, which is which is a is a is a net neutral for me and fantasy wise, you could probably agree with me that you really aren't going to touch many guys that you don't own already to bring in for this game. Going, you know what? I like Arsenal guys this week because they're playing Spurs. No, that doesn't happen. That's not how fantasy works. And then with the potential for a blank in twenty eight, uh, are you looking at Arsenal with with clear eyes and going, yeah, I, I'm going to hit that again?
1: Yeah. Um. It honestly doesn't matter because even if City. Uh, do play that week against Arsenal. I don't really like Arsenal in that matchup either. So I'm pretty much just taking these two weeks to get better bearings on these guys, uh, and see how they fit in. Obviously, Obama Yang had an amazing, or sorry, uh, uh, not Obama Yang, um, McTarrion had an amazing start here, but he also had an amazing, uh, start to his United season as well before he kind of tailed off. Uh, so I think getting like two or three weeks to get our bearings on this team is arguably a good thing.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And and defensively, you're not touching anybody. And all those guys have been, you know, giving you decent enough returns. Monreal has been going out of his mind. Now he's got a, a yellow uh, hashtag on him, so he's he's a he's an avoid. You know, uh, Mustafi's doing his thing. Uh, Bellerin is owned pretty pretty. Uh, you know, where is he? He's not even. Oh, I have it listed because I have a price tag. My bad for people at home. I just freaked out on my computer thinking like, wait, where's Bellerin? And I didn't see him because I had to. <laughs> The price thing lower than he was actually in. You know, Bellerin is a, is a decent enough return for an Arsenal defender. But like like we just said, they have Spurs, and then they have a potential blank or City. Um, I'm I'm missing what people are seeing. I know people are looking and they and they look at what Aaron Ramsey just did. He just threw up a twenty burger, you know, last week, and people are like, oh, I want to get some of that with yeah. some cheese and some special sauce. You know, is now a differential play because he was basically thrown to the trash can and then some dumpster diver picked him up and played him because they had some off on chance that, oh, he was going to do something. Um, you know, a Woby is lying in the weeds as a, as a low priced option. And a Boomyang is 10.5 and he's probably going to have to replace somebody on your second, your second. You'd second-tier striker, you know, whether it be Firmino or whether you're choosing Kane and Aguero and you punt one, you punt it off Kane to get an Arsenal guy. I mean, Aubameyang is a great player. Um, but at 10.5, I want to see more and against lesser opponents than than Spurs and City. Am I correct?
1: Yeah, it's not a good time to to bring them in, I, I would
0: say. uh uh-uh, no, no. I mean, and just the transfer rates are crazy. Like, I, you saw, heard me say the numbers... Hundred forty thousand for for a bomieng right now. That's a 10.5 striker that somebody is bringing in. Where are they getting that money from? They're they're probably robbing themselves of somebody who is probably a better asset. It's probably Harry Kane because Harry Kane has gone down this week. If if and when we do touch on price um, price ups and price downs, mm-hmm. for the week, Harry Kane has gone down. So I'm wondering if that is what people are doing for the one week. And I've been advising people on rasball.com in my columns that attack this week as a one week only affair. Go hmm. for guys that have the best matchups this week. 20, week 28 will figure itself out because we have a week off because because of, of a break. Um, you'll have the Man City and the Wigan fixture figured out before the the next game week plays, and then you can attack from there. Whether you start, you know, f- you know, using your chips, whether you wild card, whether you have, uh, you know, your your free your free hit chip, or you know, if and if if you save up your transfers. Um, but I'm I'm totally viewing this week as a. There's three or four teams that I'm targeting this week that I want assets from, and, and that's it. And Arsenal is, is not one of them. I hate to go back onto a topic that we basically moved off of and basically put to bed, but they, they're not somebody I'm looking at right now. I, I understand what the, the fantasy universe is doing because of what they did, but we they, you're chasing points here. Didn't they just, you're chasing points here. That's like going and saying, you know what, I, I think Watford's going to beat Chelsea 4-1. to one.
1: Yeah, it's crazy, and, and obviously <laughs> um, people may want to Pump the brakes on bringing in all the Waffle people. As you've mentioned before, a lot of times with these low, uh, price guys, um, if you bring them in the week after they scored points, you missed the points. It, it yeah. isn't foretelling a future, uh, results that it happened and now you're already behind. Kind of mm-hmm. in that vein, Jerry, aka Sunny D, um, over at Waffle looks even more sunny with that bright fluorescent yellow kit on him. Mm-hmm. Um, he obviously gets a, a goal and an assist, the assist coming via penalty. Uh, against Chelsea in that match. Obviously, you're a Chelsea fan, but with De La Fe putting in a performance like that, I know we just said, you know, maybe don't buy in late, but this was De La Feu's first start at home for them, so, uh, this might be the start of a track record. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on our old
0: boy? Uh, I, you know, when I open my fridge, uh, to, ho- to quote a bad commercial, when I open a fridge, all I see is some soda, some purple stuff. Oh, Jerry D! Jerry D at 6.0 right now. <laughs> Um, owned in 1.2% of leagues, that number is going to go up because yeah. people are buying in like crazy right now. Should people um, put
1: Jerry D in their fantasy
0: fridge? I, you know what? I'm look. I, I just brought up a list right now of people plus or minus two, two, you know, two cents from him. Uh, you have Pascal Gross, Lingard, uh, Richarlson, Shakiri. And those are the basically the top scoring guys that are around him price wise. Are you more comfortable? with what we saw from Ger- Jared Fayeu? or are you more comfortable in going with the vanilla flavor of Pascal Gross, the the formerly United attack guy, scoring guy, Lingard, who's probably going to be you know displaced now. Um, the once in a while, I'm just going down the list of, of the guys that are the biggest scorers around him. Decore, who just went off against Chelsea again, um, who's been doing decent returns at 5.3. Um, Richarlison, 6.2. When's the last time Richarlson actually had had confidence in somebody and, and said, yeah, you know what? I'm still going to be in your lineup because of this. I mean, now's the time to bring Richarlison back in if you're or believe in Richarlison because everyone's going to Gerald De La Feo and punting off Richarlison. So now Richarlison is basically going to be a differential compared to De La Feo because everyone is punting off of, of Richarlison. Mm-hmm. I loved I loved De La Feo. I loved what he did. I thought he, he, he brings excellent wide side movement on the ball and – <clears throat> what we saw against Chelsea wasn't the, the best Chelsea squad that I've ever seen, and I've been watching them for God knows how long. <laughs> but, you know, they look all thumbs and se- sixes and sevens, and listen, De Feo's not going to have that fluidity on the wide side very often. Yes, Alonso didn't play in this game. Um, the, the Chelsea formation has has changed six times in the last six game weeks. There's been six different starting 11s in that time. So, Whether it's a fluidy thing or a getting-to-know-each-other thing or it's like the first day of kindergarten in a blue kit thing, I don't really know what's going on with Chelsea. But regardless, Watford took him to the shed and basically smeared Chelsea last week. And and Chelsea deserved it because they played like crap. And it is um, worth noting
1: for people that didn't see that match that uh, three of those goals came in the last ten minutes. Yeah, Um, yeah. Watford were playing well, but it's not like this was uh, looking like it was going to go this way the whole match. Um, Worth noting uh, on... Uh, Watford, that West Ham, Everton, West Brom over their next three, not as daunting as it would have looked at the beginning of the season um, also I, you kind of were asking who I would favor there uh, and so I'm <laughs> just going to kind of throw it back at you because uh, I brought in in uh, last week,
0: Good I call. Just,
1: just kind of weird gut call <clears throat> gets the goal against City which was incredible, um, then obviously Milivojevic has three mm-hmm. goals in the last five weeks James ward Prowse, same. Curious as to hear out of those, because Pascal Gross, the stats have been there all year. The problem mm-hmm. is just Brighton aren't scoring, right? So yeah. <laughs> you can have the best guy in a bad team if you want with Gross, or you can have these more high upside guys uh, of the four. Milivojevis, Jerry D., Goodmunson or ward Prowse. If you can only pick one, who are you taking?
0: Well Milivojevic is is going to take a little bit of a knock now with the Zaha injury and how long he's going to be out is going to dictate how well and fluid crystal palace is up top. Um Milivojevic is basically his his best asset is that he takes the penalty kicks there and he doesn't very well. And at 4.7 owned in 5% of leagues, um you could do much much worse than his price tag. Um Jerry D at 6.0, like I said, he's only 1.2% of leagues. Um, You know what you're going to get from him. We've seen what he could do. I think that what we saw last week is the penultimate of what you can expect from from Gerald De La Feuille. He's not going to do that every week. He's not going to get a goal and assist every week. Um So I would temper expectations. And, and Pascal Gross, like I, I said in the beginning of g- comparing guys price-wise to what Gerald De La Feuille is, you know he's very vanilla. He's like you, you hit it perfectly on the head when you said you want the the shiniest star on a on a on a bag on a in a bag full of you know dying scoring stars. I guess we'll call it with with gross. Um, he's the best player on that team for fantasy, but how often is he going to give you a fantasy return? Yes, he's given you returns in the double digits. I think he's done it three times this year, which is phenomenal for a player. One, two, three. Four times he's done it four times this year. He's double digit four times this year, which is three more than Jamie Vardy. So I mean, if you want to throw that in the in the consideration there, you know Jamie Vardy is what fifth fifth or sixth in the league in, in goals scored, and he's only had one double digit return all year. So take that into consideration when you think of, of prices and point return per million. Pascal Gross is up there because his price is five point eight, and but the only limitation is that. Brighton just doesn't do it consistently offensively, and he has to be involved in almost every goal for them or assist in every goal for them to have him be worth it for your roster. I, I understand he's probably everyone's fourth or fifth midfielder, and but I'm saying that there's probably a better gambling game to play than rat- rostering a Pascal Gross with a B. <laughs>
1: Pascal Grob um for people that don't know that's Grabe. called an S that in German the the B looking thing that is a double S and so now not only will we tell you fantasy things we'll also tell you linguistic things linguistically where where you where you Pascal Grob
0: is flawed <laughs> <laughs> um all right cool uh,
1: other things obviously happened last week including deadline day um we had uh five strikers in the official game move uh six in other formats if you count Andre Ayu but in this one Aubameyang, Giroud, Slamani, Sorloth, and Hugo all move on deadline day. How many of those five do you think are ownable? Um,
0: I don't think that um, Giroud is ownable until we figure out how much more crying Alvaro Morata is going to do. Um, Aubameyang is completely ownable, um, just not for the next two weeks. Um, when, when Arsenal get into their... You know their double game weeks and when their fixtures start unfolding, when they have a blank and you know their roster, you know their, their fixtures actually show their their ugly heads. I can see him being a, an option for a lot of people. <clears throat> Sorloth is an interesting one because I mentioned Zaha is now injured. Um, his price five Um, I don't know if Palace can go with two guys at the top and have Benteke not be completely just lost at what he's doing. Um, I'd like to see it because I don't think they have anybody else there because they're riddled with injuries. You know, Loftus-Cheek was a wide-side player. Um, Andres Townsend has been playing okay when Zaha's in the lineup, but when he's not there, he kind of disappears. Uh, Milivojevic is the middle player. Sako is now out for the year. Um, so, I mean, if Crystal Palace wants to see what they have from from the – he's Norwegian, right, Sorloff? Yeah,
1: Norwegian. Yeah, I think he's Norwegian. <coughs> he was playing in the Belgian league.
0: Yeah, I mean, they oh, want sorry, to see uh, what they – Danish, like yeah. If they want to see what they have from him, I mean, now is the time with the with the injuries that are are on the the menu for for Palace. Um, you know, there's a couple other strikers. Um, who else did you mention? Uh, did, did you mention Guido Carrillo? I, I don't I think I'd, I'd I was for him. Deadline
1: day, but Carrillo did move to Southampton. And yeah, uh, I think he's the only one other than Obameg that actually started.
0: Yeah, I yeah, I think he did, I think you're right. And then Jonathan Locadia, he's he's there Jürgen, as well for but yeah Jurgen, whatever. Jurgen Locadia for for Brighton, but he was um, also hurt.
1: If memory serves, he's, he's
0: hurt right now. Yes, um, yeah. There's not many um incoming striker, strikers that I'm using in you know quotation fingers that I would own outside of boomyang. And the investment to get into boomyang is is expensive because you're you're probably costing yourself you know Kane or Aguero, and you're not going to use them for the. I mean, you're not hoping. You're I mean, you're hoping for good returns, but you're not going to get it in the next 2 weeks if if he goes against, if he's going against spurs and then possibly against man city so i mean the names are interesting but the names are always interesting around the january transfer window especially for forwards especially in the play toggle leagues because the forward ranks are so shallow that basically everybody who has a pulse and does something on a on a weekly basis is basically owned. I um, my my play targeting my own five. Fo- I think I own four or five forwards, and I tried to pick one up, and they said, "No, you can't do that." We need um, to get a trade going because I have so many defenders and need a forward. Yeah, I'll trade you one. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, forwards make the world go round. They score the goals. They get the chicks. Um, yeah, I mean, f- but for fantasy for official game, Obomuyang is 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 the, is the goods. Uh, it's a wait and see on Giroud. I wouldn't own him, um, and then everybody else is on a lower marketed club. Um, <clears throat> I don't like Andre Ayew either. I know you mentioned his name transferring from West Ham to Swansea. Um, it's, a, it's a brotherly love thing, but you know I'd rather have the other Ayew because I think he's better.
1: <clears throat> I disagree that Jordan Ayew is better than Andre, but do agree he may be the Ooh. one that stays at forward. Yeah. Um, All right.
0: How about that? I'll, think, I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, yeah. I, stand, I stand corrected with that. I'll agree with you on
1: that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I just think Andre's more talented, but he may stay on the wing. But I am kind of weary of... Weary. Weary. I am weary, but I'm wary of both of them uh, until we get a better sense of how they're going to be utilized under Carlos Carvajal, who has been doing a phenomenal job uh, mm-hmm. since taking over at Swansea. Um, that is it uh, for questions for me. You got anything you want to discuss before we get into uh, the price changes?
0: I mean... W- what teams moving forward are you looking at that you can usually have fantasy assets defensively in that you're looking to invest in? We saw we we saw pieces from Everton shine shiny and then they just crapped the bed. Burnley has looked spotty lately. Um, you know, are you still trusting the United defense? Are you still trusting the City defense that ha- has one clean sheet in their last four? Um, is there any defenses on the on the secret tip? that you're looking to invest in currently because everyone's always looking for defensers, whether on the cheap or on the come up. So in your, your opinion, which, which two, two or three teams do you think could be defensively steals for the next couple weeks. I am very glad you asked that because I listed
1: five different teams under defenders in my starts. And this gives me a chance to thin out the herd. Um, it's, the like, two- it's, it's, it's like my camera that's hidden in your house is working. <laughs> click, click, click. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the two that I think are the most underrated and, uh, decent options right now are Swansea, who again mm-hmm. have looked very good under Koval as I just mentioned. Um, I think, uh, in particular, Alfie Mawson looks a great deal, although Federico Fernandez is playing pretty consistently for them as well. And we haven't really seen as much from Martin Olsen as I would have liked. Um, but he's probably the biggest assist threat, uh, from defense from, for them, unless they start playing nursing as a wing back, as they did today in their mm-hmm. pickup up uh, match, but obviously he isn't listed as a defender, so that would be limited help there. Uh, and the other one is going to be Stoke. They have two clean sheets and three attempts under Paul Lambert, and you and I spoke at the beginning of the year that with um, Vimmer and Zuma and potentially Martin Zindy as a three in mm-hmm. front of Butland, like, this should have been a much better defense than it's been all year. Just um, been injuries. There's too many injuries. Exactly. And since Lambert's coming in this- looks better, you have Alfred and Die in front of him now. Mm -hmm. Uh, who has the strength in midfield that will prevent some attacks from getting to them in the first place. They actually finally bring in a right back. Um, So all of a sudden, this Stoke team looking a uh, a little bit better. And like I said, two out of three clean sheets. And I think both Swansea and Stoke, you can get most of them for five or under. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the, those are those are kind of my sneaky ones. I agree with you. A lot of the, the high profile guys have been frustrating. Um, start to keep an eye on uh, Tottenham after this Arsenal match is over, because then aside from Chelsea and City, which are very far apart in the fixture list, it's a pretty nice set of fixtures to round out the season uh, for Tottenham. And Toby will be back, and Wanyama obviously scored that cracker against Liverpool last week and should be in line for the start against Arsenal. So like mm-hmm. we're we're finally getting back to Tottenham at full strength. And as we mentioned at the start of the season, um, Tottenham, when they're fully fit, are you know in that clear top three uh, of the best defenses in the Premier League. So start angling that way if you want. Um, it's like you're going to need some money to do it, though, which is why I'm saying start looking yeah, now. Yeah. Um, yeah. If I had to name three, Tottenham would be the high profile one, and I think Stoke and Swansea will be sneaky through the end of the year.
0: Yeah. What are you What are you advising people to do with Marcus Alonso right now? If, if you're uh, sitting never there bought s- him
1: that's that's what I've always done I'm anti Marcus Alonso the way you were anti uh, Harry Kane I'm just fine with him scoring points the weeks he does because I always have felt that he's a little overpriced for whatever value he returns
0: yeah i mean but uh, if you're a owner if, if let's just say in a nutshell and you don't you can't play F- FPL in a nutshell because you'll never get a laptop in there but <laughs> 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 So if, if you're a Alonzo owner, what are you doing for this week? Are you sitting there hoping he plays or are you taking him out of your lineup and looking for a cheaper option to invest your money elsewhere in the front, set, front eight, seven players, whatever?
1: I'm probably selling because for starters, this is the highest price he's been all season. Mm-hmm. So if you're concerned <laughs> and you sell out now, you get that <clears throat> um, bonus plus one probably, mm-hmm. uh, especially because if he doesn't start, he'll probably automatically go
0: down. Um, so that so, basically, so mm. basically, what you're saying is Marcus Alonso is the Bitcoin of FPL. <laughs> the Bitcoin or the Dow Jones currently. Yeah, either and way. And
1: boom, there's your title. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, you have United and City, two of the next three weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, West Brom this week isn't a scary matchup, but I, I don't actually love it with uh, Sturridge there um <clears throat> I think that attack could finally really start to get going so yeah I'm 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 off Marcus Alonso find somebody cheaper which should not be difficult because I think literally is, everyone else is cheaper
0: literally literally everyone else is cheaper and their sister I think you can probably get somebody else's sister and the, a player like Nord's Bauer for, <laughs> for cheaper than a Marcus Alonso yeah and it's Stoke and plays right back he'll
1: actually sending crosses also the best benefit of Stoke finally sending a right back is that Mama Biram duuf should no longer have to play in defense, he which does, was the weirdest usage of a player I may yeah. have ever seen.
0: Yeah, well, you know, it's tough when you're stuck with so many wrong-footed players on that side of the field, and you have to play somebody way OOP. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: it was very, very strange indeed. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned price changes earlier. We got some to go through?
0: Yeah, we got a couple. It's uh, slow this week. I don't think people are, are really investing besides in Arsenal. Uh, on the ups, it's uh, Pope and Goal. Uh, people have seen what he's done in his return basically i think the, the pk save was was uh, or the return there so i think people are believing it right he had a pk save or am i confusing him with somebody else no he did didn't he yeah wait yeah anyway. yeah. yeah so uh he went up uh Ramsey, mctarian and uh, in the midfield jordan ibe for bournemouth who is a sneaky good sleeper at his price 4.9 for yeah, bournemouth weren't
1: you high on him in preseason
0: yeah, I love him. I, I owned him almost everywhere and then I dropped him and then picked him back up if I could. <laughs> um, Theo Walcott went up. Um, I think this is a post Theo world. Um, you missed the points there for that one week. Um, yeah, he'll score, he'll score a few goals here for the rest of the season. Uh, I'll probably put the over under at three for the rest of the year. Three in 12 games. That sounds about right. Uh, and the other guy to go up is, uh, James Ward who who is an interesting case. Uh, you mentioned it before and I completely neglected to, in the comparison of Pascal Gross and all that. Um, Southampton is fighting right now. They're fighting for their Premier League life, Um, and Ward-Prowse is probably – I think he's probably their only ownable option on the whole entire team. I haven't owned a Southampton player all year. I probably won't, and I probably won't own James Ward-Prowse. But you could do better for a guy who's involved in a ton of set pieces, does a lot of the crossing work from corners, um, and we've seen him get on the offensive end with some goals and some assists. And his price tag is, is nicely and, and conducive for you to just slide him back, slide him into your fifth midfielder if you so choose. Um, he'll be he'll be an interesting name if if the fixtures line up where he ends up blanking somewhere or gets a double game week. Because I think for his his ability and his his price, I think that he could be a, a sneaky sleeper down from like weeks thirty five through thirty eight. I think that's when Southampton's schedule kind of flattens out and they'll be actually playing up to their capacity hopefully because they're going to be fighting for their Premier League lives. Um, on the downs just, there's there's some a lot of really bad names that I don't even know why they're owned um, I'll go some through some bigger ones Aaron Moy uh, David Silva Jesse Lingard um Lacazette Harry Kane and I wanted I forgot to, I wanted to ask you one more question before we got to <clears throat> the price ups and price downs mm-hmm. w- what are we doing with Riyad Mahrez
1: um I said let's uh, wait a week and see we still haven't gotten the press conference this week from Claude Puel yeah. Uh, if he comes out and says that he's back integrated and if he's back in training and back in the team, then I think you can hold on to him uh, he wanted to leave in the summer and then had the season he's had thus far, which is why he's in your team um mm-hmm. so he's clearly shown he can turn his head back around um but if we hear that maybe he missed training this week or anything like that then i'm then I'm bailing uh, but probably, I, I yeah. told people last week to hold on and wait and see uh, just at time of recording we don't have that info yet.
0: Yeah I mean his ownership is is still pretty pretty predominant here he's still owned in 7.7% of leagues whether how many of those are dead or what not um it'll be remains to be seen if he does to get into, get into fitness and get into training, and get in the first team, some first team action. Um, yeah, his price is eight point six, so he's a big investment, and you're probably hoping for. It, but I think a lot of people that are in the know and actually on top of fantasy are, are probably already punted off of it. They they probably have found a more swimmingable option in uh, the midfield for them.
1: Cool. All right, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with our starts and sits. All right, and we are back. This time we're going to be talking about our starts in sits and junk. Um, My obvious start is going to be Harry Kane um, because he's going up against London clubs and he's done very well, though worth noting um, that he's actually not been as successful this year as he has in years past. Uh, Three out of six goals versus the top six, which is usually higher, and has only scored uh, in two out of the five London derbies this season, usually also higher. I'm expecting that to return to the mean, which means he could be in for or maybe even a double this week, but I understand if other people are hesitant because of how chalk that one is. Um, I'll go with the low price chalk at the moment. Everybody's bringing Callum Wilson. It looks like he may actually go up tonight as well. Uh, mm-hmm. He's currently uh, top five in both goals and shots on target, uh, and is facing Huddersfield, who are 19th in goals allowed this season out of 20. So uh, he could have a very good week indeed. We've mentioned James Ward-Prowse a couple of times uh, thus far. He's done very well of late as well, top five in goals, and leads the league in, a, in accurate crosses, uh, which uh, with Carrillo there could help. It would be better if it was Austin, but you'll take what you can get. Um, he's been very impressive, although kind of like we were saying earlier, I fear the points may be behind him instead of in front of him. Also of note, Hazard, <laughs> while we're doing top five in stats, Hazard is currently top five in goals, shots on target, shot accuracy, chances created, and touches in the box, which ticks very, very many boxes of uh, things that I like to to see a player doing in a player. The question for you is, Rob. He's he's been just crushing it statistically lately. Mm-hmm. Are you interested in a player that is at a club with so much turmoil right now, or are you thinking that he's
0: their best hope right now? Uh, he's definitely their best hope. Um, you know, he got he did get a goal in the Watford game, so I mean, there's some there is some you know glory there, I guess we'll call it. Um, Listen, if the Man City if Man City blank in week twenty eight, which they're probably gonna gonna do, I think they're gonna be take care of Wigan. Um, you know, Hazard is definitely an option there because everybody has you know high priced, you know you know tangible assets in the city attack. You know, whether it be De Bruyne, and his price is similar to what Hazard is. Um, Aguero, they'll probably punt down to somebody else. Um, if they're still if they have Raheem Sterling, that's probably the three most owned United uh, City guys that are on people's teams besides defense. Um, I wouldn't be looking at it until that we figure out what the city fixture is. Like I said, that's why I'm going into this week attacking one week only. You know, one night only. Do it uh, like, you know, Showgirl style or whatever that movie is. Dreamgirls, there you go. (laughs) Do it like Dreamgirls. I mean, and Chelsea does face West Brom. So, I mean, I'm not a complete buyer in his art, but I'm not telling everyone to sell, you know in his last 5 games 10 1 16 2 and 8 four goals in that time frame um and Chelsea have zero clean sheets just to throw it out there
1: <laughs> yeah and uh, worth noting hazard literally always disappoints anytime yeah. you bring him into your team but, he's a uh, better
0: he's such a better real life player than a fantasy player yeah it's it's astounding but obviously
1: um the stats very much in his favor uh, thus far in defense like I said I, I thinned out a lot of these guys earlier uh, so I'll, I'll just stick with uh, Bournemouth uh, mm-hmm. obviously at the start of the season a lot of people liked Adam Smith or Charlie Daniels or Nathan Ake uh, this is the week to play them they're up against Huddersfield who have failed to score in 14 of 26 matches which is worse than the Premier League uh, if you still hold them in whatever format this is the week you play them and, and you got to feel confident considering uh, their recent run of matches uh, Rob we'll come to you now who are you starting and sitting this week
0: um starting on defense we'll start in the back uh I agree with Kevin's uh statement before I like Swans this week uh Frederico Fernandez is my guy um 2 10 plus returns in in the last 3 weeks for Frederico Fernandez uh Burnley is not awesome offensively but they just don't ever score more than one goal so that from that standpoint this game is probably going to be one nothing Depending on who gets the goal, but I could see Swansea taking it. Swansea is um, undefeated in their last five matches, all turn all games because they. I'm counting FA Cup in there too. They have three wins and two draws. So I mean, with the new manor, management, I, you know, somebody's righted the ship and starting to do stuff right. They're steering the Swan correctly. Let's put it that way. Uh, through the midfield, we talked about them already. Uh, I'm going with Jerry Delaffeiu at six i oh. Th- I think it's. It's about as legitimate as you're, you're going to get from Jerry Delefeu at 6.0. Um, and like I said before, you can do so much worse at 6.0 than, than a lot of players. And P, a lot of people have some dead money wandering through their midfield. Jesse Lingard, um, there's a lot of questions for a lot of people who own a lot of midfielders. And I, I'd rather have an offensive player on Watford than a more defensive-minded, uh, you know, de Decore on their team. So if you wanted to transfer from one team on one the same team – by all means, do so. Uh, on the forward, uh, this one's going to be a cr- little crazy, but everyone's always looking for that cheap third striker. And did you knock your this, mic over? Yep, I completely did. I got so excited, <laughs> and I knocked my mic over. But um, <clears throat> everyone's always looking for that cheap third striker. Um, everybody's gone from uh, Calvert-Lewin to Wilson, back to Calvert-Lewin to Jordan Ayu. And now my guy, I'm going to go with Glenn Murray. At 5.7. Ooh, assuming he holds on to penalties. Yeah, you know, Stoke allowed the most goals in the Premier League to date. Fifty-two goals allowed. Um, he's got three goals in five matches. He does take the penalties, and it's basically he's basically the forward you know option for FPL of Milivojevic is basically what he is. Um, you know, Brighton doesn't score a ton, but when they do, you want it to be Gross or Murray, and I'm banking on it being Murray this week. Price is nice. He, he's that third striker. You know, everybody in that six 6.0 and under range is basically like an interchangeable entity it's like a big lego block but with like different uniforms uh my sits uh f forward I'm gonna go with jamie Vardy. he's got goals in three straight um I don't see I, I don't see him scoring against city I know City hasn't been you know the stalwart defense that we have have seen lately that I don't think they have a clean in their last four or five matches but they have they have faced some top flight talent there so it, let's give him a, let's give him a little break. I don't I don't see Jamie Vardy scoring this week, so I'm going to sit him. Uh, my midfield sit, Anthony Martial. I, those those three games in a row where he scored double, did it seem like so long ago after that lineup we just saw United put on the pitch? And what I just saw from him two games ago, I'm not impressed at all. Uh, I think that Alexis Sanchez is going to take the shine off of Martial instead of adding to it. Uh, on defense, there's only one game that you really need to concentrate if you're sitting defenders this week. It's Spurs and Arsenal. And it's not even close. Kevin's going to agree because he's probably going to say the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, me, me and Kevin both share the same sentiment on on big form games. Um, you don't really want too many assets in there. You don't want – listen, a good gumbo has the least amount of ingredients possible. The, and the ingredients you want to know about, you want to taste, not see.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I do like uh, some of these kind of big profile matches, but – I'll start off with Arsenal, who obviously uh, do have these big matches coming up against Tottenham and um, uh, Manchester City, if i serves. Uh, the forward is, unfortunately, somebody... Uh, I don't really talk about my goal team much, but it's hoy better than my official FPL team, because it's my job. Um, but um, I actually brought in Lacazette a, a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago maybe, uh, before all the Aubameyang stuff started, because throughout all his struggles... He has continued to be in the top three in shot accuracy basically from week one. Um, mm-hmm. and so I kept thinking because obviously his bear in mind has been horrible. Uh, he scored just once since December 2nd, which is not great. <clears throat> um, nope. but I figured that was going to turn around soon. Still has a very good shot accuracy percentage. Thir- 73% is nuts. Um, behind only Gabriel Jesus, who has a much smaller sample size because of his injuries. Um, and so I, I kept thinking he was going to turn it around, but seeing last week um, that Aubameyang immediately replaced him, hearing quotes uh, from David Ornstein, who's about as reliable as reliable, comes for Arsenal News, saying that Wenger never really rated Lacazette, and that's one of the reasons they were so quick to pull the trigger on Aubameyang. <clears throat> I'm just off the Lacazette train. It's possible that they try to find a way to get both of them on the pitch, but with how Iwobi is played, I find it hard to think that they'd sacrifice him to get Lacazette on the pitch. I know Lacazette's price may be why it happens, but from mm-hmm. a footballing standpoint, there's no reason to, to, to force a Wilby off the pitch to make room for Lacazette right now um and for that reason i'm i'm taking him out because if he is playing he's probably going to play out of position and i don't think he's going to be playing um in midfield not to double down on arsenal hate get ready for everybody's keyboards to be clacking saying that i'm a hater um is going to be Henrik mctarian we mentioned at the top of the show the tough fixtures coming up also of note mctarian's scored three assists already um for arsenal but he had five at manchester united in his first three matches and then literally none after that so is this a hot start and if it is a hot start. I think it's good for us to take those two weeks that we mentioned during those two matches or that not match, <laughs> as you mentioned, uh, as the case may be, um, to see whether or not we think this is more sustainable or if this is Manchester United all over again. He obviously looked incredible in the first match. It wasn't just the stats. He easily could have had another assist. He easily could have had a goal as well. Um, so this is, this is not me not rating him. And I actually think this move will help him more uh, than if he had just stayed at United, obviously, having lost his place to Lingard. I'm just saying for now. Hit them breaks. Uh, in defense, unfortunately, coming to you at Chelsea, I'm off all Chelsea defenders right now. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically Christensen because he was in my team uh. and I had to take him out. I just don't uh. think that's where the value is right now with tough matches coming up, uh, for them as well. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not looking good for them, uh, Chelsea boys considering Antonio Conte's head is basically on the block. Would not be shocked if he was sacked this week. The, uh, two of the last four Chelsea managers have been sacked after results against West Brom. And then if he makes it through that match, which weirdly is a head-chopping one for Chelsea managers, then it's United and City. Um, So there's a chance this goes south very quickly, and I probably don't want to stand through that because Chelsea obviously have defensive talent, but Antonio Conte is one of the best defensive managers in the world. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe only behind Simeone, honestly. Um, And so if he goes, it'll cause a whole bunch of upheaval. Who knows who gets the starts then at that point? Will it be Rudiger? Will it be Christensen? Obviously, you assume Quetta continues to be the only person that you can trust will play every week. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm off the Chelsea defense train. Also, uh, this time last, uh, the, the, the first half of the season, I said be sure to get rid of Arsenal and Tottenham defenders this week. Not get rid of, but just don't play them, uh, because, uh, only, uh, three times out of the last ten had, um, neither team scored. But then it happened again, a clean sheet uh, that Arsenal held last time. So four out of the last ten starts looking a little less convincing, and it's the last two consecutively that at least one team has kept a clean sheet. So place your bets. I don't know which side it'll be on. Obviously, biasedly, I like to say it's Tottenham. But if Toby isn't back in time, I'd be much less confident of that. Um, mm-hmm. So if, if you're feeling cheeky, you know, maybe, maybe play your Koscielny, who's been scoring a, a weird amount of goals lately. Or Monreal, who had a couple chances last week as well. Um, so yeah, feel free to do that if you'd like. Now moving on to our teams. Uh, the move I made this week is the one I already mentioned. Um, took out Christensen, brought in Alfie Mawson. Could have gone down to Fernandez or, or Olsen, as I mentioned. Um, but I really like Mawson uh, and, and have done just as a player that I like. And it's kind of a move uh, that I did just because I wanted to. And I think it's worth mentioning to listeners you know sometimes you make moves because you like a player and it just makes it more fun and obviously rank is important it's how you you judge yourself against everybody else but i could choose between federico fernandez or alfie moss and a player that i've really liked ever since he came into the league obviously he was like tied for second in goals among defenders last season um so it's not like this is just like a shot in the dark call but uh so i brought him in i like him um next week i may change uh Adrian up to somebody reliable, but uh, I don't really feel the need to do it this week because Fabianski is my other keeper, and he's going up against Burnley, um, and they're playing at home, uh, Swansea Arc, where they've been doing very well um, against Liverpool and Arsenal. Uh, even if they're not keeping up clean sheets, they're keeping things pretty tight. Uh, then Brighton, West Ham, Huddersfield, Southampton is their five. I'm not really worried about any of those teams, especially since that West Ham match looks like it will come just before Notovic is back. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, if that's three clean sheets out of the next five. That's a success. So that uh, Fabianski-Mawson thing, while it looks like a DFS strat, is something I'm uh, willing to do this week. As for captain, it's currently on Kane. to his past performances against Arsenal. Although I do know, as I mentioned earlier, that this year he's been a little bit off the pace uh, in these London derbies. It could swap over to um, maybe Sterling. Salah, I think, um, could, could obviously tear Southampton asunder. Um, but I think Ryan Bertrand is one of the few players that may be able to keep pace with him uh, for the most part. Um, and then Callum Wilson, if you're feeling freaky, uh, yeah, <laughs> people playing hey, at home, freaking, He's currently on Kane and my let's vice cap is probably going to be on Sterling and I may swap them throughout the
0: week. Let's get freaky with Callum Wilson as your captain. <laughs>
1: uh, what's your team looking like?
0: Uh, I actually made a move too, and we, we didn't discuss this beforehand, but I also brought in a Swansea defender. I brought in Frederica Fernandez. Free. Um, so my defense will be Fernandez Jones, Alonso, maybe Ode Mende. Um, uh, my midfield currently sits at Ibe, Pogba, De Bruyne. I still own Lingard. I don't have a reason to get rid of him because he's basically my, he's my unplayable midfielder. I, I, the funny thing is I trust Jordan Ibe over Jesse Lingard right now, which is a crazy thought out loud. And then Mohamed Salah through the midfield. My forwards are Wilson, Firmino, and Aguero. I have Fabianski in goal. I like Swansea's run-in here with the next four or five games are completely in their favor. This is why I'm investing in Fernandez, not as a one-week guy, but as a multiple-week guy. He can basically take me to the double game weeks that are in you know in proposition and on everybody's plate. Um, and at 4.4, he's not going to kill anybody. He's still not owned in a ton of leagues, so there's a little bit of meat left on the bone. But um, this next run of fixtures, if Swansea can, can get another clean sheet or maybe two in a row, that it's probably going to be gone and the differential will be just completely wasted. Um, Captain-wise, um, yeah, I mean – I, as sexy as it sounds, I have Aguero and I have De Bruyne um, and I have Salah, so it's probably going to be one of those three. It's just which one. Uh, I could see Liverpool, you know, completely dominating, like you said, Southampton. But I don't know if it's going to be Salah. I don't know if it's going to be Firmino. We don't. We don't know. It's probably going to be more Salah than Firmino. But are we sure that it is? I mean, I know me, we made a bet. I have Vardy. You have Firmino, and I'm winning two to one. Uh, goals for the rest of the year with, with that bet. So, um, yeah, I don't know. But it'll probably it'll probably be, some, probably be City. I'll probably just keep it st- simple or maybe put it on Salah because everybody else in my mini league has been putting on Salah every week and I keep losing points because I just like trying to be different. But anyway, that's why we play the game. It's all about differentials and things we do and things we don't come back to bite us in the booty.
1: Cool. Well, uh, other than that, um, not much left to do, but uh, talk about how the Eagles beat the Patriots. Ha, 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 ha. Steelers, only team with six rings. Go Steelers. Hashtag yes. stairway to seven. Hashtag
0: Steagles. Dude, the St- how do you know
1: about this? Because you're a smart guy. But yeah, because for those of, that don't know, uh, the World Pittsburgh World Steelers World. and uh, Philadelphia Eagles actually combined teams during World War II when neither team had enough players.
0: They were the Pennsylvania Steagles. They were the pittsburgh philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, it was a good game. I uh, hope people invested and won a lot of money. I know it's it's Tuesday after Super Bowl. You're never really not supposed to be. It's like cliche to, to, to talk about the Super Bowl on a Tuesday after the Super Bowl. Usually only talk about it on, like, the Monday. It's like wishing somebody Happy New Year's, and it's, like, January
1: 21st. Yeah, Whatever. um... And uh, we were talking about before we started recording. You're you're obviously a Giants fan. Seems like the Patriots just don't watch the NFC East and have no idea how to beat them.
0: Hey, they can't beat the old school great Ironers. The the teams that have been down been been down and around forever. The NFC East is basically the oldest division in You know, like the the oldest basically the teams have been around for so long.
1: Yeah. Um. Well. Uh. Congratulations to the Eagles organization. Congratulations to the fans
0: that survived. Um, <laughs> and, uh, Rob, tell the folks who they can get at you uh, uh, you can find my writings and stylings on rasball.com. I am a little busier now because baseball preseason and pitchers and catchers report in one week so if you're listening to this tomorrow it is exactly one week from when pitchers and catchers report so get excited baseball fans uh, I'll be covering fantasy baseball, relief pitchers, and basically saves and steals is basically what I do over there at Rasball. And I do cover fantasy soccer for a couple more game weeks until the end of the season, and then then I'll be all baseball. And then we'll me and Kevin will be in the World Cup, and then we'll be talking about summer transfers, and then we'll be back into 2018, 2019 season, and then you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um uh, be sure to
1: check out that, that, uh, relievers article. It is very, very good and promising for the Pirates. Is, uh, Felipe Ribeiro is one of the last good players on the team, uh, but, uh, falls in your top 10. Uh, for me, I'm Kevin DeVries at Kavroff on, uh, Twitter. I wrote over at goal.com. Be sure to check that out. I did an article on those forwards that all move clubs, including Andre Ayu though, because he is listed, uh, as a forward in goal. And I think he is on, on, uh, Opta and therefore Taga as well. Uh, so check that out if you're interested. Uh, also we did a recap of all 20 teams, uh, Premier League transfer window on the EPL roundtable and Anfield Index. It's a, it's a two-parter. So if, if you just want kind of that background information that leads into fantasy knowledge as well, uh, be sure to check that out. It's about, it's about three hours probably in all. Um, but just set it on while you're on a drive or something like that and you'll, you'll get learned something real good. Uh, if not, just keep listening to our fantasy shows. Apologies again about last week, but best of luck to your teams this week. And we'll catch you next time.
0: Selling a little or a lot?